0: I probably shouldn't have worn this one. Oh well.
1: Hello and welcome to a live stream edition of the Cyclone Insider podcast. (laughs) I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson, who is second guessing his hoodie selection, but that's all right. Here we are doing this live stream, talking about Iowa State, Ohio, Saturday, 11 a.m. ESPNU, in Athens, Ohio. Randy, let's jump right on in. I mean, this is a game that really we've been talking about all summer long because it stands out so much with a road game to a Mac team. And man, you lose to Iowa last weekend and don't look particularly great offensively doing it. And now you head into this game and man, like it kind of feels like all downside for Iowa state short of going, putting 56 points on the board and getting that defense doing what it normally does. Anything short of that. And it's like the ceiling is kind of a meh. And the downside is you come home one and two and the sky is falling.
0: You so like
1: home- I'm, to start this on an upswing and an up note, like we're real yeah. optimistic.
0: and I'll follow right along with you. You come home one and two and I, I defy you to find five more games that, that Iowa State can win. If you' if you've lost to a Mac team and not I don't, let me back up if you've lost to this Ohio team which we've heard is good but I'm not certain it's as good as it's been um if you lose if you lose on Saturday then you've got then you got five find find five big 12 victories and I don't know whether they're out there I mean because obviously it, Campbell said it this year I think I asked a question what are the goals for this team and and he finally got around to saying getting to a bowl game um publicly so so i don't know whether they can get the five so that's why this game is huge now do i think they're going to lose no i don't think they're going to lose but i wouldn't put anything past um this this team i'm i'm um but it's it's certainly it's certainly the most one of the most significant games that campbell has coached at iowa state in a while and it's it's going to set the tone one way or the other it could set the tone one way or the other for the remainder of the season
1: yeah i mean i would say if you lose this game you're not talking about finding five more wins you're talking yeah. about like staving off catastrophe for the rest of the year yeah and again like to to go back to the original like frame of the conversation i do think iowa state is likely to win this game but when you go play at a Mac school, like this is the position you put yourself in where the risk-reward is so out of whack, where the reward is relatively minuscule and the reward or the risk is huge. And, you know, talking to Jamie Pollard this summer about this game, you know, he made it sound as though it was a financial imperative to Iowa State to play these games on the road when you have Iowa at home every, I think, every four years or five years. Trying to think, the last time they did it would have been Akron and seventeen or something like that.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't have a memory for that one. But yeah, but that you know, there,
1: essentially but yeah. you're you're getting you're not having to pay for anyone to come into Jack Trice another million bucks or whatever it would be, and I don't even think that they had to pay Ohio. I would have to go back and look at the contract originally, but they they get a break on Ohio coming to Ames <clears> as well. So it's not a one for one. It's more like a two and a half to one, I believe, is how the finances work out. And, you know, the finances are what the finances are. If Iowa State feels like this is what they need to do financially, they need to do it. But the problem – or not the problem, the, the other side to that is you're potentially putting your football team in a really tough spot. And that's – they're in a tough spot right now. Like that That's the matter-of-fact truth is that this football team is in a rough spot and would be in a much better spot, at least perception-wise – if they were playing a Mac team at home, but instead they got to hit the road and not an easy road trip either. I think, you know, they're staying 90 minutes away from the game. there got to right. be a lot of logistics involved here, but on, on the football side, I and mean, we got to start with the offense, right? Like that, how the offense performs Saturday in a victory is going to be almost as important as the final score, at least in terms of a fan base psyche and satisfaction level. If, if they go out and they win this game, 10 to three, I think people are going to be ornery as hell and not as upset as if they would have lost 35 to 32, but people are going to not be happy if this offense can't put points on the board against a Mac defense and the Mac defense has had success through three games, but a Mac defense, nonetheless.
0: I agree. It is a Mac defense and, and, um, that's not had success. And yes, I agree uh, that Iowa state should, should be able to do something, but we haven't seen Iowa state do anything offensively yet. Uh, let's just start with a passing game. Rocco Beck has not been sacked this year. Rocco Beck, I don't remember even Rocco Beck running around for his life in the backfield this year. So, I mean, the line clearly is blocking better for, for the pass than it is the rush at this point in the year. But but with, with that being said, I don't even know they've tried any shots downfield. Maybe they have a couple, but but certainly they've not completed them. Um, and and I think Iowa State's got to start doing that. I mean, I, I thought that Iowa State would do that. I thought Iowa State would do that with Jalen No. And, yeah, okay, he had a couple drops last, whatever, last week. That's going to happen sometimes. But you've got to take those shots, I think. I'll never forget when Brock Purdy came in against Oklahoma State in 2018. He was taking shots – down the field constantly throughout that game and yes he was throwing he was throwing to Keem Hakeem Butler, which is huge. but Iowa State's not taking a shot this year. the the longest pass completion of a true pass completion is is the the last play of last Saturday's game the 16yard touchdown to Jaden Higgins. yeah okay Ben Bramer had a 36 yard touchdown run but that was short pass long longer run if I if I recall it right. So that wasn't exactly what I call a shot down the field. I think I would say it's got to take some shots to at least show you can do it, and maybe open up the running game that has gone nowhere this year. There've been maybe a couple nice runs, but for the most part, it's it's been it's been groundhog day. It's been what we've seen, what we saw last year is is, is essentially nothing, um, and that's I, I, I want to see Cartavius, I want to see him get. I want to see him get, good golly, is this going out on a limb to say, I want to see him get a hundred yards. I want to, I would, I would think that that Abu um, Sama would get more carries than he's he's averaging seven. I would think he would get more carries because he's, he's been, he's been decent. Why not get as, as one of the top two or three fastest guys on the team, why not get him some, some yards around, around the end, um, around the edges. Maybe they're saving it for the big 12, but uh, why not get him, try to get him some yards ar- around um, the edges. Uh, it's it's uh, it's, it's not a mystery to me because we've seen it, but I expected Iowa state to at least show some stuff um, on offense and they haven't yet. And yes, I know that Iowa state played against Iowa has already played the best defense defense. It's going to play against this year, so now go out and hang thirty points on, on a MAC team.
1: Yeah, and I think in terms of stretching the field, I'll go back to I think what we talked about after Saturday's game, Randy. You know, we're <laughs> essentially on coordinator number three for Iowa State under Matt Campbell, Tom Manning, unnamed coordinator. Yeah. Although I think we found out who was calling. We know players. who did that. Paul yeah. Gordon, I think, was calling plays the year Manning was gone. Manning comes back now Nate Shieldhouse, and the deep ball has never really been a staple of this Iowa State offense. The one I can remember against Iowa last week, Beck threw it into double coverage, overthrew it into double coverage, and then I believe the next drive is when he threw the pick six. So, you know, is that on the wide receiver for not getting open? Is that on the quarterback for throwing it into double coverage? Or is that in the offensive coordinator for not designing or calling a play to get somebody open down the field? I don't have an answer to that other than it would seem the design of the offense is not built with the deep ball at its core. The core is, to your point, running the damn football. And when you've got NFL draft picks in the backfield, that's usually a pretty good answer. Does Iowa State have an NFL draft pick in the backfield this year? I don't know. But what I do know is they average two point eight yards per carry against Iowa, and that is going to get them beat more often than not
0: am, I'm gonna annoy you now travis i'm gonna look, read the comment here read a comment Luke writes um says our running backs dance too much in the backfield i can i can I can see that i i I get that, but I don't know I've never done it before, so I don't know what it's like getting the hand off and then you're seeing three hundred pound guys trying trying to rip your head off. I don't know what that's like. But um, I, I've seen I've seen Cartavius run right at people. I've seen I've seen Sama actually run right at at people at well. So maybe 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 they are. But but I think that goes back to the to the fact that the offensive line is doing a better job blocking at least right now for pass blocking than run blocking. And I don't know exactly if it's always that if it's always the case, but it certainly seems to be um, the case this year. Let me let me throw one more at you rob R- rob wonders what about the violence from the offensive line i don't think yeah i don't know we hear about but that's what ryan clanton wanted to do he wanted the offensive line to play mean he wanted him to, to play with violence i don't know maybe i don't know whether they've been violent or not um i think they've held their own other than and i think they've held their own i mean you can tell i can pretty much tell that by by the pass defense so i think i think they're, they've improved in that respect, but as far as playing violent and mean, I don't know. Who knows? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they did not win the battle against Iowa right. up front uh, <laughs> in, the, in the run game. You know, I think, obviously, they did a nice job keeping Rocco clean in the pass game, but <clears throat> they did not win that battle up front to create rushing yards. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the running game has got to be front and center when you're talking about this offense. And I think it's okay to be – I think it's appropriate to be concerned, if you're an Iowa State fan, about where that rush game is. I don't think it's worth going all the way to full panic mode for a couple of reasons. One, that Iowa defense I think will turn out to be pretty dang good. All right. And two, if one of those top two running backs that we've seen, Cartavius Norton and Abu Sama, are going, I think they both – the way that they're talked about by a staff that knows running backs, and the brief – Glimpses we've seen from both of them, I think both of them have real high potential, real high ceilings. And if you think back to the last two guys that have had that for Iowa State, David Montgomery and Brees Hall, you know, it took four, five, six weeks into their freshman years before that became apparent that these could be the dudes. And I think Sama's now played two games. I almost restart the clock for Cartavius Norton, given the fact that. He was so, you know, available, unavailable, unav- unavailable, available last year with injury that I almost think you reset the clock there for him and start, you know, that this is essentially game two for him this last week at least to have some continuity going into, you know, carrying the football. So I, I do think like those those two guys being special and being special this year is still on the table. Now they got to get going, and I would think Saturday would be an opportunity for them to show like what the difference between a high-level Big 12 back is and an FAU back or an LIU back that Ohio has faced the last two weeks and San Diego State in week one. So I do think there is reason. I don't know about optimism. I, think, I don't think I've seen anything that makes me optimistic about this running game for Iowa State, but I do think there are things to draw a very small distinction to be hopeful because I do think one of those two guys still has serious high upside potential. And I think you got to give Clanton and that offensive line a little bit more time against other defenses to really not, like start judging where that offensive line is in terms of the rest of the Big Twelve and in terms of what we've seen historically from Iowa State, which has not been very good, uh, both in the pass protection and the run game.
0: Yeah, but, and I agree with everything everything you said. But are fans going to be are fans going to be as patient? If this team doesn't win five games, if this team doesn't get to a bowl game, yes, they, Iowa State has players coming. We know that, but it's it's about now.
1: And what, um, what makes you say that? I don't because I don't. I disagree with that. I don't. I'm not saying that there aren't people that are about now. I think it would be a mistake if you're an Iowa State fan to be completely about now. I mean, look at you. Got to win football games, but yes, you look. That's my you point you look at the talent on the field here and I do think there's a lot of young talent. Like, I um, You look at the guys that are playing right now that are young. And I do think that they have a chance to be really, really good. I don't think they've got a chance to be really, really good this year as a team. I think six games is going to be a stretch. We'll see. But I think like, and again, what are we talking about in terms of being impatient? Like Campbell ain't getting fired. Like they're not going to be major over Hall. Like we're not even going to be talking. They could, Anything short of going like one and eleven, like we're not talking about Campbell even really being on the hot seat next year. Like they no. go, they go two and ten, and we're talking about people getting antsy and aims, not about Campbell getting fired. I'm like, that's just not anywhere on the radar for, and nor should it be, given what they've done and again, what it looks like they can do with a pretty talented roster. I just don't think. I think it, it's okay to want, like obviously you want wins, and everyone needs to be held accountable for playing winning football. But, you know, this ain't 2021 where winning was the only thing that mattered. I, I think you got to – there's two tracks here. There's win as many football games as you can in 2023 and then evaluating where that roster is and where you can project it to in a year or two. Because the same thing about Campbell not getting fired in the next year or two or what, however many years you want to ex- extrapolate that out, it seems pretty hard to envision him taking another job in the next year or two given – You know, the the seven and six record in 2021, the four and eight record this last year, and that what I think is probably like a team that's gonna struggle to get to five hundred this season. So again, like nobody's gonna become banging down his door. So he's going to be able to see this through for another year or two of what I think is gonna be a pretty talented roster if they can keep it all together, which as Campbell noted yesterday or Tuesday, whatever day that was. They've been pretty good about retaining players. Like they've had some notable losses, but overall, they've been really good about keeping to get uh, teams together. And I think if you look at this roster and you look at the recruiting, it's I, I I do see the the horizon up ahead. How far away it is, how bright it'll be, we'll see. But I I don't I don't look at this as like in the pit of despair for an Iowa State program, even if this year is a struggle to to win a lot of games.
0: My point is is that if Iowa State wins four games, or if Iowa State, let's just say Iowa State wins four games, if they match last year's overall win total, that's going to be a disappointing season. I'm, I mean, if, if to me at least, that's going to be a disappointment. If they win five games, that even that may be a disappointment, but at least Iowa State can go back and say, well, we we played better, we we won more games than last year, which is which is true, but the way, and, and 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 in no way, and I echo, emphasize what you said about about Campbell and, and a hot seat or whatever they call it. Um, there's, there's no way he's not on a hot seat, and he, regardless what happens this year, but I think it's important for this team, and here we're talking like the season's over, but to, to have a, a better season than last year for momentum going into the future, which is a very bright future. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's 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 all doom and gloom either. Don't get me wrong. I still think Iowa State can get them can get the five. I still think Iowa State can be can play the last few games, last couple games and have a bowl game on the line. That's obviously assuming a victory on on Saturday, which I I really think it's going to it's going to happen. Um, But I think it's going to be a disappointment if Iowa State doesn't at least match last year's victory total. Um, but, you know, we'll see. And maybe that's just the bar that that I was used to with Iowa State was a bowl game, bowl game, bowl game. Um, and then, boom, one and eight in the Big 12 conference. I don't, you know, and this Big 12 conference, I think this year is is decent. Um, also, I thought Cincinnati was going to finish 13th or 14th. They're pretty good, I think. For example, so um, we'll see. That's why that's why Saturday is so significant.
1: Yeah, you uh, you hate to see a must win game in September, but when you only play twelve of them, you know it, it, they they get important in a hurry. And again, like that, just to underscore the original point, is there is a lot riding right. on this game. And again, I think a big part of the, the puzzle here that we probably didn't address in terms of where the program sits, you know, throughout and at the end of this year, again, I think will be very dependent on what that offense does mm-hmm. because if they made the changes they made, you install the young, incredibly well-regarded assistant and o- offensive coordinator, if that offense does not start to show some dynacism, dy- doesn't start to look dynamic, that that is going to really frustrate people and the fan base, and I'm sure people within the program. Like, it, I'm not even saying that they need to go out and you know pass the Brian Ferentz 25 game or 25 points a game threshold, but I think they're just got to they got to show some stuff that isn't totally dependent on Brees Hall or Brock Purdy getting it done for them because like those guys are hard to find. As uh, NFL teams are learning now, um, so I. I think the offense showing improvement and I think, frankly, drastic improvement, not from where it was last week, but from where it was last year, is going to be huge in terms of how people feel about this program throughout the year and at the end of the year. But again, we're we're talking some big picture stuff here. Let's zoom back in mm-hmm. to Saturday. And I, you know, I get the impression like it's still going to be Rocco Beck's offense going forward. I don't think anybody's concerned about the defense. If anything, I think that defense has been way has been outperforming expectations, uh, which were already pretty high. So again, like that's part of the problem for the offense too. Is the defense is so damn consistently great that there's only, there's not a lot to talk about there in terms of what do you need to improve on. All of that rests on the offensive side, and they just got to start putting the ball in the end zone with more consistency. Otherwise, you're again you're looking at you know that defense carrying so much of the weight, where you wonder, you know, how long until their back breaks?
0: And yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Rocco. I, I, is this a game where if things aren't going well early in the game and the quarter, and Rocco is is struggling, is this where is this where JJ gets gets that gets that shot? Um, I mean,
1: maybe. I mean, like number one, I don't think Rocco Beck's been the problem. No, not at all. It's not like there not were been times. It's got to stop
0: somewhere, though. That Bucks well, got to stop somewhere.
1: There's no easier and more obvious way right. to shake things up offensively than to switch quarterbacks. So, but I like to have this conversation. I want to say I don't think Rocco Beck is the problem with Iowa State's offense. I think yes. he's actually been pretty good. Obviously, that pick six last week was a killer. But I think when you look at the 120 minutes of football that they have played, like he's been fine. He's been, you know, maybe a little bit better than what you would think for a guy making his first two starts. You know, you know, to point to echo Nate Shieldhouse's point from last week. You know, it's not like he had three interceptions and in 85 yards or whatever it was Shieldhouse yeah. had um, as a first-time starter a decade ago. Um, but I think this would be an obvious situation where you could go to a backup if you get midway through the second quarter, early in the third quarter, and the offense just isn't firing. But why I'm not quick to say I think that will happen are two reasons. One, how many we saw Hunter Deckers throw 14 interceptions last year and never get replaced by Rocco Beck. And two, Rocco throws that pick six, last weekend after the offense had mostly sputtered, you know, the first drive was pretty good, but then it sputtered. He throws the pick six. That was an obvious time to make a change or maybe not even make a change, but just, you know, Campbell's got covered because he played both of them the first week. He could go back to switching them after that pick six and say, no, it wasn't because of the pick six. It was blah, 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 blah. He didn't do that. Like, so that was a pretty big indication of Rocco Beck is our guy. And now a week later has the frustration or, uh, if they go out and struggle on Saturday, has the the lack of productivity raised another notch? Where then maybe you do make that change if you're Campbell? I don't know. And again, like maybe all of this is moot. They go out and score on their first five possessions, and you know all is well in cyclamation. I don't I don't anticipate that. But you know we've seen this offense explode for big days before,
0: right? And 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 how do we know that? You know we didn't get a chance to talk to Jalen Noel. Um, how do we know that he doesn't have just absolute fire in his eyes? for dropping passes. Um, How do we know that, that, um, um, you know, Rocco doesn't come out with absolute fire in his eyes for, um, you know, for, for just for overthrowing some passes for throwing the pick six. I, and we don't know what goes on behind, behind closed doors during practice either. They could have been having the best practices they've had all week. And, um, you know, we don't know it, but, I would not it would not shock me and I agree, let me back up I agree with you Travis this has not been a Rocco Beck problem it's not been a Rocco Beck problem at all but we both know like we said it's that's where it starts and finishes though um I think for for JJ Cole to be in the game on Saturday it's going to have to be a pretty big fall because a pretty big a pretty big um, um, some bad stuff going on because Campbell wants to get just like Campbell wants to get JJ in, involved in some reps, dude. Rocco's not had a ton of reps either. I mean, he's he played two games essentially. And is that enough? Or uh, three games after Saturday is that enough to go in to go into to the next nine games against Big Twelve competition? This include includes the likes of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas State, for example man this is going to be BYU's better it's got a, a great defense this is going to be this is going to be tough so I think Rocco needs to get as many as many snaps as possible but if stuff starts going going south it'd be curious to see how they how they handle how they handle that situation but I echo your point that this is not a Rocco Beck situation. this is a, um, a team situation that that hopefully they they get fixed um and you know like i said maybe jalen Knowles ready to ready to break out and and you know i don't I, if he'd have caught those passes last week i don't know if they certainly weren't game changers but maybe he's like like i said maybe he's he's playing with fire right now maybe um you know we'll see
1: yeah i mean i think it's also probably worth noting that the whole discussion like rocco becht and Nate Shielhouse probably to a greater degree are paying for the sins of last year yep. in terms of how we talk about and think about this offense. You know, it's not their fault what the offense did last year, but everybody's talking about this offense hasn't done, you know, squat since that group left in 2021. Like those guys are bearing the brunt of that right now in terms of how people talk and think about this offense, even though it's obviously they're not responsible for what went on last year. Um, i do think that iowa state goes in on saturday and wins Mm -hmm. i do it'll be interesting to see how they perform like i said if they go out and they win 10 to 3 13 to 6 something like that you know or the the offense does not look like dynamic i don't think there's going to be a lot of good vibes heading into to big 12 play but you know you'd rather have a win and bad vibes than than a loss and horrible vibes uh so again it's just a critical game. And I think the most critical component will be macro, how the offense looks, but maybe, you know, drill down a little bit more. What does that running game look like? Cause I have a hard time picturing this offense having a lot of success. If a successful running game is not part of the the recipe.
0: And that was the whole situation last year. I mean, everybody knew that Iowa state and we are going back comparing last year, but, the, but I it, I hope they don't fall into that this year. That I, that Iowa State was so bad in the running game that every play was a pass, and Hunter Decker's was getting, um, you know, everybody everybody knew what was what was coming. I want to see some diversity. I want to see diversity meaning that I want to see the offense them do something to open up some of those some of those rushes. I want to see a hundred yard rusher for the first time since the second game last year when when Jirel had hundred yards rushing exactly against. Um, against Iowa in the second game of the year last year. That's how long it's been. That's for all those games, for all those the rest of those games the opponents have been able to sit back and defend the pass essentially. So, um I and I do I think this will happen. I just have a have a hunch that we're going to see we're going to see a better offense, a better or a better running game than we have. I mean, I think they're going to pound the heck out of the ball. They're going to try to do that. Because we see that all the time, but I think they're going to try to do that even more this time, because they want something's got to got to cut loose, and maybe it's just a couple a couple long runs here and there, and then and then that's the confidence that this team will need. But um, yeah, I I, I think I, I'm with you on this one, Trev. It, it starts it starts with with the running game. Everything everything start offense starts with the running game, and then it goes from there.
1: He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider live stream and podcast. Be sure to check out Des Moines today, tomorrow, Saturday, and every day of the week, frankly, for all the Iowa State football coverage you could hope for. A couple weeks away from basketball season for the men and women getting underway as well. So we will have plenty of Iowa State coverage for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time.